At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. We begin hour number two of the Lombardi line. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi presented by BetMGM. And Michael, we do want to get back to some NFL talk. And we always talk quarterbacks here because they dominate, obviously, the uh, the NFL offseason. I don't even know if there is an offseason anymore in the NFL, Michael. It just feels like no. 24-7 continuous conversation. It's, <laughs> it's Exactly. And, and Baker Mayfield is a polarizing figure to some what you think of Baker Mayfield. And obviously, they've picked up his fifth-year option. He's going to be back in Cleveland, barring something that we just can't see. So I don't know if it's good news or bad news when you look at what Baker was able to do last year. And I think we have to put this in the framework of the injury report because he was on it just about every week. In week three, it was a torn labrum. In week seven, a fractured humerus. Weeks eight and nine, it was a left shoulder. 10, 11, and 12, still had the left shoulder. Add on a foot and a knee and then a groin in week 12. 14, we just got the foot and the shoulder. 17, it's still that shoulder. So we saw that he was clearly playing hurt. We saw a guy that didn't want to give up his job. We saw a guy that said, I'm going to go, and that might even be the detriment to the team. How do you evaluate Baker Mayfield in 2021, Michael? Do you look at it like, okay, this is the guys in the locker room like that you – are there for us, and you're willing to play through these ailments, but the downside is you didn't play that well. How do you kind of square those circles? Well, I think you have to go look at the team as a whole. You know, last year they were one of the few teams that made the playoffs with a with a negative uh, ratio in points scored and points allowed. And once again this year they did it too. You know, they were they gave up 371 points. They scored 349. I think the hard part for Browns fans and NFL fans is to separate the scheme from the player. And I think that ultimately the scheme really helped Baker last year. Uh, Stefanski bringing in the running game, being able to run his play action, getting a lot of open looks down the field, taking Baker out of playing behind center and being small in the pocket. And so they did that. Now teams adjusted to it a little bit, which created problems for Baker. But more than anything, much like Kyler Murray, Baker's inability to stay healthy because of his size is going to be a problem. I mean, it's going to be a problem moving forward. He's not a big man. He, he's not a big man, and if he runs and takes too many hits, he will continue to get hurt. And because he's a little guy, the more he gets injured, the less and less effective he will become. When he played at Oklahoma, he would go back and, you know, receivers would complain to him that he would say, I didn't see it. Baker has a hard time playing from the pocket with people rushing him inside. 
It's just the way it is. And Stefanski's done a great job of moving them around. Now, you say, well, they got to find somebody better. Yeah, that's great to say it. But uh, once again, who's that player? Where are they going? They're not jumping all over themselves to give them $50 million a year. No. They're not jumping all over themselves to pay them. They're just saying, okay, we got to figure this out. You know, let's see what we can do. Let's see how we handle this. Let's see what's out there in the market. And we know we have a player that we can go and win with. He's won on the road in Pittsburgh. You know, he almost beat Kansas City. Bless you. It's me again, David. I'm nope. sorry. I've got allergies out almost here in the desert, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I think that's really the mindset here. You know, and look, I, I, I don't I think the biggest mistakes I've made in evaluation when I was in the league is assuming a player's bad when you don't know how bad the medical is. Right. And, that's and not, I would caution everybody. I yeah. would caution like I can remember watching Logan Mankins play guard for the Patriots. And I'm like, wow, has he really lost it? Then I find out he played on a torn ACL most of the year. Eesh. Dumb me, you know. And I think it's the same thing. Unless you're watching practice, unless you know how how much you can't look at that injury report and say for sure how bad Maker is. So I'm willing to cut him some slack here, and say, okay, he was good last year. They've got to repair the team. They need to get better receivers around them. Obviously, they need their offensive lines to strength. But more than anything, Dave, they got to fix their defense. Their defense has been problematic now two years in a row. Mm. You know, and we talk about all the great players they have on defense. They can't get off the field. They're almost 40% they allow you to convert third downs. Almost 40%. Wow. With a team with Miles Garrett and rushers. Yeah, that's, that shouldn't be the case. And, again, you can look back if you do, and I'm sure Brown fans know this. Boy, COVID, you know, the COVID Football League, as I like to say last year, boy, they got hosed big time with some of those late announcements and decisions and and postponements that, that we were all going through then that really crippled their, their playoff opportunities. And they had to go. Remember, Baker was very vocal about it. Why, why can I play? And then you look at when he did play, and we showed you those numbers. He did have over 3,000 yards passing, a complete percentage of almost 16.5% here. The sacks, 43, the, the rating of 83.1. What really stands out to me, though, Michael, is you don't see touchdown INT uh, ratios like this much in, in 2022 NFL, right? 17 to 13. Like, if, if, yeah. if, if Tom Brady throws 13 picks, he's probably got 40 touchdowns, right? If Aaron Rodgers throws five picks, he's probably got 25 touchdowns. Those, and I know we're measuring Baker against the elite of the elite. It, it, what is his ceiling to you? If you're, if you're a guy in, in that Browns organization that says, Kevin Stefanski, is this the guy you want us to give a contract extension to? Because you think the ceiling is what? What is that ceiling to you? I think he's a marginal starter. I think he's always going to be in the bottom. You know, he's going to be 15 to 20 range in terms of overall quarterbacks in the league. You know, I mean, look, he his, as you mentioned, you know, 4.1% touchdown percentage to a 3.1 percentage of interceptions. The other factor is, is can he play the game when it has to be all pass game? Can he perform in a drop back pass game? And, you know, we go back to the playoff game when they're down 22-17, they get the ball back. He can't get a first down, can't throw it from the pocket, can't make those plays. This is just reality. This isn't being negative on Baker Mayfield. This is just reality. Mm. You've got to accept it. Now, you try to configure your team around them. But to me, if you're negotiating Baker's contract, you say, look, Baker, at $25 million, I think we can certainly talk about a contract. At $40 million, there's no, con- there's no conversation. 
at some point, you, you need to be able to give money back to the team so we can help make you a better player. Now, players don't want to do that. The other area of huge concern for Cleveland that no one wants to, no one will talk about is their field goal kicking situation. I mean, they missed six kicks inside of inside the between the 40 and the 49 last year. They were four for 10. That's 40 percent. Their opponents were eight for nine in that area. I mean, that's that's six kicks. That's 18 points that you lost somewhere, right? That's six more turnovers that you've added to your turnover t- turnover column. Mm. That's significant. I mean, because we watched the the, the we watched the guy in in, in Cincinnati make every kick. Right. And he made such a huge difference. This is a weakness. I mean, the Browns need a kicker. I know he's a young player and, you know, but at some point and he made he made every kick over 50 yards. But that 40-yard range, you you got to be able to be at 90% there. It the kickers are too good today. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you again. You look at the Browns and Stefanski here, second year's head coach, he was coach of the year, uh, year number 1. And obviously they did pick up that fifth year option for Baker, 30 to one to win the Super Bowl, 16 to one to win the AFC. They do have some cap space there at 24 and they've got uh, 24 million. They've got the 13th overall selection. Michael, if you're in that front office again and you've got that 13th pick, is it defense? Because you alluded to that they got to shore that up, even though they have some stars in, in, you know, at least in name value here. Which way would you go? to try to get this team back to where they were just two years ago? Well, they, they've got to obviously, I think it's a defense. If they can get a defensive lineman, I think this is going to be a draft where you really got to take the best player available. They've got to get in Joku re-signed. He's a free agent, and I think they will. They'll get him re-signed, and I think that's going to be critical. But they, you know, Clowney had nine sacks for him last year, played as well as he could play based on the injury. Malik Jackson wasn't the same player. McKinley, another defensive lineman, is out. So I think they've got to repair their defensive front. You know, they've got to shore that up a little bit and, and see if they can get better players there to go along with Miles Garrett because this is the time. Miles Garrett's a dominant player. You've got to get somebody to go in there. And if you just watch the 49ers, which should be who they operate at like, and when you get the 49ers, I mean, the 49ers signed Arden Key off the street from the Raiders, and he came in and gave him six and a half sacks. Right. You know, and so the, you're going to need to get some of those guys in there. But I think the number one need is defense. Everybody will say, well, you need – you need more receivers. Well, you do need more receivers. There's no doubt. You know, and, 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 you know, Landry's in his last year. Okay, so he's in his last year. He doesn't have any guaranteed money. Okay. Well, you know, who says he has to, have, you know, if he makes a team, it's all guaranteed anyway. So I think they've got to put their assets. Could they use another receiver? Yeah, but I think they need defensive front because you're not going to win in the NFL if you're, the, if you're negative in the, in the plus point total. No, you're just not. And, again, what Baker's about 23rd right now for the highest, uh, I guess he'd be to the low end of the spectrum that for starting quarterbacks when you pick up that fifth-year option. I, I don't – yes, Baker wants a new contract, Michael. I, I get that. But I don't hear him saying – you know, it's, it's like the Kyler Murray ransom notes. Like, guys are playing under the existing rookie deals, and this is the way the, the, you know, the, the front office can use it as leverage. Is Baker going about this the right way, saying, all right, you yeah. picked up my option. I, I probably didn't earn a contract extension. I'll prove it to you in year, in year five. Or do you think this is really the last run with Baker? I mean, I think this is what they have to do. I mean, Baker's at $18 million. It's on the last deal of his contract. You know, they've got a ton of money. Now they have, I think they're going to have almost $30 million in free agency, so they'll spend it accordingly. But, uh, you know, I think they're, they're smart. 
you know, they're smart to do this, to, to kind of let it play out. And they know they could franchise them next year at whatever that number is. So they have two years at relatively under $25 million per year. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah, that's normally the way you can still try to win when you're not overpaying for your quarterback here. And the Browns are still in that window with yeah. Baker Mayfield uh, in year number five. Okay. You make a huge mistake, Dave, when you overpay good players. You never make a mistake when you overpay great players. And there it is. And, and that's Baker is good at best right now as a starting quarterback, clearly in the NFL. Great point. All right. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about this division as a whole here, not just the Browns and kind of the outlook and some of those numbers now that they are posted for the futures market. And also we're going to have Lou Finicaro join us later on this hour. Breakdown UFC 272 this weekend at T-Mobile Arena here in Las Vegas. Come on back. It is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming daily best bet emails and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, on every key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites all the way to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash madness. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, continuing our conversation in the AFC North. And it's very interesting. We, we're talking about Cincinnati and Cleveland right now the and the Ravens obviously in that mix as well when you look at the draft order coming up and it looks like that Cleveland will be drafting at 13th uh, coming up here in the first round the Ravens at 14th the Steelers at 20th and then the Bengals first time in forever at 31st when you get runner up in the Super Bowl here Michael. Let's just talk about this division as a whole here and where we think we, they should go. We talked about the Browns here possibly needing defensive help. The Ravens, by the way, and the Bengals are co-favorites to win this division at plus 175. The Browns plus 340. The Steelers, the long shot right now, at plus 650. So let's start right there at 13. And 
if we're going to look at, at what we think 13 and 14 are going to go here with the Ravens, which way do you think Baltimore goes to increase what we think is a team that if they stay healthy, Lamar Jackson can stay on the field, should have a really good shot, according to the odds makers, as being co-favorites to win this division? Well, you know, it's the one quarterback we really haven't discussed, nor has his contract been much of a, of a conversation. You know, uh, he's in the same boat that Baker Mayfield's in, and obviously they've offered him a contract, uh, but his mom is his agent, and he she handles that, and, and I don't know if they've tabled it or what they're going to do. I would suspect maybe in the summer they'll get something done if they do get something done at all. But I think the bigger issue for the Ravens, there's twofold, right? Their, their, their defense is old. You know, three of the starting defensive linemen are all over the age of 30. Calais Campbell, Justin Houston, Brandon Williams. You know, they've got to repair the defensive line. Justin Ellis, you know, Derek Wolf. he's the only one under contract. So they've got to get younger there. You know, they've got to get younger there. Awai, the kid that they drafted in the first round, he played well for them last year. But, you know, you need more than just one guy. And their defense, like Patrick Queen, hasn't been anything that they hoped he would be defensively. Right. You know, and, and I think he just doesn't bring the physicality week in upon week out. Marcus Peters is a question mark. Jimmy Smith, I think, is done. You know, Marlon Humphrey's a great player, but they've got a lot of concerns defensively that they're going to have to fix. That doesn't even talk about where they are offensively. You know, offensively, the right tackle, they've signed Jawan James, the kid from who was in Denver last year, mm -hmm. who tore his Achilles tendon, the former Miami Dolphin first-round pick. They signed him to be the right tackle. Can he hold up? You know, is he going to be able to play? Zeitler was a kid they brought from the Giants. I mean, this offensive line was not good. And then they're going to need to continue. Where are they going with Sammy Watkins? You know, they signed Sammy Watkins for a one-year deal. Sammy Watkins is the king of the one-year deals. He keeps racking in the money every <laughs> one year. Somebody pays him a ton of money, and he keeps getting new, new, new cash. So... I think there's a lot of question marks. The biggest question mark of all is Lamar. Well, that's the and thing. And I've said this for years. Mm -hmm. Lamar's in the wrong offense. Lamar needs to be under center, running play-action pass. Lamar needs to be running Stefanski's offense, not, not, not the offense that Greg Roman's running out of RPO stuff. That's, that's not what he is. Wow. And, again, when you look at the price tag here and you're sandwiched in salary-wise, what, $2.3 is what Lamar made and that's sandwiched between Taylor Heineke and Drew Locke, 37th, right? So we know that yeah, deal's going to – Yeah, but see, that, that, those numbers are deceiving, though, Dave, because that doesn't equate to his – that doesn't put in the signing bonus that he got, the guarantee. So it's just a paragraph five to a paragraph five, which isn't really relevant. Okay. It's an apple to an orange. And agents always do that all the time. Look at what you're paying my guy. Right. Or like Jarvis Landry. My guy doesn't have any guaranteed money left in his deal. Wait a minute. He, he got all the guaranteed – you want all the money up front. You, you can't have front. it at the back. Right. So And that therein lies the rub. Now, I, I'm not – it is interesting when your mom and or you, Lamar Jackson, are representing yourself in negotiations. Did you ever have that with a player? Because it feels like the, 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 like the hardballs of the world and the bashadis of the world, they seem to sound like this is fine and everything's going to work out and nobody seems too worried about it. What about you, Michael? Do you think this is a red flag or do you think everything will be okay? I, I think ultimately it's not, you know, it, the question is, do you see this kid in the same vein as you see Josh Allen? Is he better or is he worse? Is he, he's not better than Mahomes. Do you think he's better than Allen? Because then you look at Allen's contract and you just say, okay, we'll give you Allen's contract. This is the value of, of you know, when you don't have to debate the talent level mm -hmm. like you do with Mayfield, like you do with Murray. You know, I mean, he's going to make $23 million this year, $23.1 Lamar's going to make. 
Okay, so now if you want to franchise him again next year, you're going 120% off the 23. So now you know what he's going to make for two years. So instead of carrying that out, teams don't just carry that. Over five years, we'll give you an average of this with, with 60% of the money guaranteed. The agents will want 70. That's the negotiation. It's really not that complicated. Once you've been able to identify the value of the player. See, I think this is the hard part with Lamar a little bit, too. He at times can look better than Josh Allen. He at times can look worse than Baker Mayfield. Mm. There's just such a variance. And a lot of it to me is Roman's inability to adapt the offense to what I think is his skill set, which is bootlegs and nakeds and get him in the perimeter. I think what Buffalo did last year after losing the win game at home to the Patriots, they went single wing. They went all single wing, and, and Allen became their leading rusher. They changed what they did. They, they gave him the ball in all critical situations, and he ran with it. Can that sustain itself over 17 games, and can he stay healthy? He's a big man. He can. Can Lamar? I don't know. Be interested to see what happens both in Cleveland and Baltimore with those quarterback contract situations here. In Pittsburgh, we have no idea what's going to happen. They've got the 20th pick coming up in this first round of the NFL draft. Big Ben is, is gone. We know that it looks like they've got a changing also in the front office, too. So, you know, Kevin Colbert's going to be stepping aside here, I believe, after the draft. So the people that are going to make these decisions of where they go in the quarterback position, Michael, are all going to be different from what we're used to. What do you make of what Mike Tomlin's got there in Pittsburgh? Do they have – they obviously have to bring in a quarterback, whether – that's maybe a Kenny Pickett if he's there at 20, if they like him in the first round, or if they go get I more. I can't of a, even imagine that. Right. I you, can't imagine Kenny Pickett's a first round. I just can't. I mean, maybe he will be. But to me, it's like I, I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I, and I've talked to enough teams that don't see it. I know that, you know, every mock draft has three quarterbacks. Like, there's no rule that's written in the mock draft <laughs> world that says you have to have three quarterbacks in the first round. Right. You know, because you, what you're saying when you draft this kid, he's a starter. See, what, what I think we miss in, in terms of, the, and, and we'll spend more time, I think, on this in these draft props, is when you draft a player in the first round, he's not a first-rounder. You're saying he's a starter. He's got to play. You're saying he's a starter. When you draft somebody in the second round, you're saying he has the potential to start. When you draft him in the third round, you're saying he has the potential to a lesser degree to start. When you get in the fourth round, you're saying he has development to start. They're different conversations. That's what we're saying. By the, the rounds identify what the player is. And if you're telling me Pickett is a legitimate starter in the National Football League where you don't have to look for another quarterback once you get him, I think you're wrong. Mm. I think you're completely wrong. They've got, you're not going to be happy. And they've got money, uh, about $24 million, uh, under the cap here. So do you think the, the, the more – uh, I, I guess the, the better investment, instead of doing it in a first-round pick, would be to go to the free agent market if, if you're the Steelers here looking for a quarterback. You would think they would be involved in the. You would think they would be involved in the in, in the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation. You'd think they'd be involved in any quarterback conversation. Now, what does that mean? You know, do you think they're interested in in Carson Wentz? I mean, think about this, Dave. Carson Wentz is readily available. Mm -hmm. You know, he's readily available. In the in the and anybody can have them if you want them, on QP on on QBR, on ESPN's QBR, the the, the fact finding of all quarterbacks based on statistical data, he's the ninth best quarterback in the league. Now you tell me, how is the ninth best quarterback willing to be available for anybody? Yeah, I, Kyler Murray six. <laughs> it is. We didn't see this time last year 
the blockbuster that became Matthew Stafford from Detroit to the Rams. At least I'll speak for my – I didn't see that coming, right? And that blockbuster deal happens, and then, of course, the rest is history of Rams going to win the Super Bowl. Are we going to see something like that? I'm not talking about for the Steelers, but just in general. Michael, are there deals being talked about with high-profile I mean, quarterbacks that we don't see right now? I think the only way that, you know, the Lions were able to get Stafford is they got a quarterback back. Now, you can say what you want about about the, the quarterback. Goff. You can say, you know, about Goff. But, I mean, it's like Philadelphia. They want to improve on Jalen Hurts. But how? How do they do that? How can they? You know, could I see Kirk Cousins getting traded? If somebody's willing to take the 35 million paragraph five, maybe. Mm. Who's willing to do that? I don't know. You know, I, I think could could I see Seattle trade and Russell? No, I can't. It, you know, it, I, I don't see that. No, it doesn't feel like a, obviously not a good quarterback draft class and certainly not a great free agent class in the NFL. So if you don't have a quarterback, you might not be getting the one that you're looking for this year. When we you come gotta, back, you got a Steven Stills it. You got to love the one you're with. <laughs> We're coming back with Luke Finnecaro next right here on Visa the Sports Betting Network. you want to get into shape but have trouble staying motivated well make five hour energy shots part of your lifestyle and get the energy boost you need to get fit with zero sugar an unbeatable blend of vitamins nutrients and caffeine it's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done go to fivehourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from with flavors like grape tropical burst cherry blue raspberry and more there is a flavor for everyone get a five hour energy today Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. Always a pleasure to have Gam Lou. That's how I follow him on Twitter. Lou Finicaro joined the program. And, Lou, we're going to get to UFC 272 here in a minute. And Michael was asking off the top of the show, hey, you know, they're fighting this out here in Las Vegas. We're going to talk about that ring size because they're going to fight at T-Mobile, the bigger cage versus Apex, which is smaller, and how that affects your handicap. But Michael and I were talking about first-round picks and whether or not Kenny Pickett at 20 potentially. You're seeing some mock drafts here with the Steelers, Lou, may take him. You had an inquiry to Michael about if you draft a quarterback, say Jordan Love in the first round a couple years ago with Green Bay, whether or not these guys need to start right away, correct? Yes, I happen to be a proponent that sometimes patience is good. I think uh, the the original Carr brother was thrown right into the fire. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that young man ever really had a chance to play quarterback yet. Mahomes got to study under uh, Alex Smith for a while. I, I don't advocate as long as Aaron Rodgers had to wait behind Favre, but it did... Uh, serve him a chip on his shoulder. My question for Michael is, uh, if you draft a quarterback in the first round, does, is your position that that quarterback has to start the first year, or is there an exception for that position? I definitely think there's an exception, but I don't think you want to have what Bill Parcells would call progress stoppers, right? I don't think you want to play Blaine Gabbard ahead of a kid you drafted in the first round because you think – you know, that, that Blaine Gabbard can help you win three games or play Tyrod Taylor ahead of Justin Herbert. You know, I mean, that, that to me is progress stopping. But if you don't have one and the quarterback's not ready, Trey Lance, then you have no choice. I think that was the issue with Trey Lance. When you traded to the third pick in the draft, you knew he was a year away from potentially being a year away. 
you know, he wasn't going to just be in there. So you had to accept that. And they had the perfect, perfect situation, Garoppolo there to wait that year away. So, but typically when you say, I'm going to draft a guy in the first round, say draft Pickett, you've got to be able to say in three years, he is a legitimate starter in the league and he's good enough that we don't have to rep- we don't have to replace him. Michael, I, I do a hard thing too. to say. It is. And I wonder, gentlemen, we've seen the advent of, of how social media has changed everything. Michael, back when Aaron Rodgers is drafted, you still have Brett Favre. You can sit for a couple years and maybe not get the same clamor. Is, this, is today's day and age different? Because, look, the, the minute they draft Trey Lance, he's got to play according to social media. Well, but but according to the rules, too, Dave, I mean, CBA says I only get five years on first-round picks. i got to pick up the fifth. So when I wash away a year completely, then, you know, then all of a sudden I'm really down to four. Now, here's where I think it's changed that we haven't discussed. These kids start playing, throwing the football in peewee league. I mean, they're spread offenses in peewee. They're throwing the ball. You know, back in the rule, when the rule was quarterbacks have to sit and wait, people were running the wishbone. That was the offense of the era. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody was throwing the ball. The, the college game was very, very run-oriented. Now it's more pass-oriented than ever. And, and so the kids are more adapt to coming in. And it, it's hard. I mean, what Mac Jones did is hard to start, mm-hmm. handle a complicated offense, get him in the right protection. He'll be better next year. So there's going to be growth. But it's a challenge. And you've got to be willing to go through the ups and the downs along the way. Yeah, John Lynch just said at the NFL Combine, hey, a lot of teams are interested in quarterbacks that need quarterbacks. Michael and I discussed it. Kind of a down year in the free agent market. So it sounds like there will be a market for Jimmy G uh, despite that shoulder surgery. Uh, Michael, again, at the top of the hour, we, we, we discussed UFC Apex versus T-Mobile Arena. This fight, UFC 272, this card this weekend, will be a T-Mobile Arena. The bigger octagon, if you will. In the main event, when you have Colby Covington going up against Jorge Masvidal, you've got a wrestler against a striker. Look, minus 320 for Colby here, but I guess the good news for Jorge here, Lou, is bigger octagon, so maybe you can't take me down as easily. How does that affect your handicap when you look at the actual venue? Well, uh, we know that the, the cage at a pay-per-view or most pay-per-views is 30-foot as opposed to 25. It's 20% wider, 40%, 44% larger, 746 square feet against 518. How's that translate in any particular fight? It means less confrontation. And for those that need space and to maintain distance, advantage because of more room. In this fight, it's surely uh, Covington's ambition to crowd George, get his hands on him, press him against the fence, and take him to the ground. So George will have more room to operate And I guess that's maybe one of the advantages that uh, those that are siding with George may find. Yeah, plus 250 right now to come back on the man they call Street Jesus. Of course, Colby calls him Street Judas. There is bad blood between these two, going back to their time at ATT. And then, of course, they both got kicked out of the gym. MMA Masters is where uh, Colby Covington now resides. What do you make of that angle? Does that change again when you know there's real hostility between these two? And, yeah, they want to sell a fight. These guys don't like each other. It's well documented. They used to be best buds, training partners, iron sharpens iron. You know, Jorge helped out Colby with his hands. Colby helped out Jorge with his wrestling. How much does that factor in, even though we got over $3 for Colby Covington as the going-away favorite here? 
you know, I, I, I don't I don't really know. So maybe the guy that can compose himself is probably got advantage. To me, the key to this fight is that Masvidal's 37. He's past his prime for a, and he's a little undersized for 170. What he did to Askren, that seven-second knee to the temple and knocked him out, propelled propelled him from riches to wealth. He mm -hmm. owns a, a, a bare-knuckle fighting organization. He's been able to invest in his future, and that's where his mind now resides. I don't see how he's going to be able to compete with Covington's unrelenting pressure wrestling more than a round or so. I think that uh, Masvidal, as much of an original, authentic, mixed martial artist as there is, I don't think he has anything for Covington. I got to tell you, when I see that over-under set of four and a half, my eyes light up. Lou, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I, I, I lean to the under right here because I just don't know how deep into the Vegas night this main event will go. Let's look at the new co-main event here, and I wonder how you handicap this on such short notice when Renato Moicano comes in on five days' notice, a guy who got a nice win at UFC 271. Here we are in UFC 272, and now he goes against RDA. And Rafael Dos Anjos is minus 165 here, Moicano plus 145. It's a catch weight. It's 160. Lou, how do you break this down? Well, not only is Moicano taking this on short notice, he fought 21 days ago. So uh, as we look at the physicality of each of these fighters, in a stand-up battle, Moicano and it has all the advantages. He's going to be the taller man, he's the uh, slightly younger man, and he's going to have reach, legs, and arms. The key is, is that RDA isn't going to let him live in space, and he's going to try and crowd him. Uh, I think it's a tall task for Moicano, uh, trying to face a guy in RDA that's, even though he's a little bit older, he's a world-class fighter, been in with all the best. And I just think it's very, very difficult, as we saw last week with Bobby Green, to turn around and be your most effective inside a month after you had already tried to be your most effective. Yeah, I totally agree with that analysis. Of course, RDA, the, the former champion in the lightweight division, this will be a catch weight at 160. I look at Edson Barbosa against Bryce Mitchell, and my eyes light up, Lou, and I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Barbosa plus money? Lou, is this a disrespect to the older guy here in Barbosa? No, I think what it is is credit being given to the young kid, Bryce Mitchell, who has earned a, a decent standing within the featherweight division. That said, uh, my opinion is that this fight is mispriced. Uh, I think that Barbosa should be a minus 120, minus 125. And I wrote in Point Spread Weekly this morning that Barbosa at any plus price, I think, is a buy. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that sentiment as well. Kevin Holland likes to talk to you during his fights to let you know how it's going. Cowboy Oliveira, he's a wild man in there. What do you make of this matchup right now? Kevin Holland, a big favorite over $3. Kevin Holland is just a better version. He's what Cowboy Oliveira was five years ago. So Holland should have his way. He'll paint. Cowboys fence here, I think. <laughs> I think you're right. Again, talking with Lou Finicaro. Follow him on Twitter, at Gamblu. Very quickly, got about 30 seconds, the Bout Business Podcast. I mean, Lou, we could do this all day. I love talking to you about the fights. Tell people what they get in a shorter, truncated version. Yeah, they get 
15 to 20 minutes of final result, final fight releases each week that there's a UFC event. And I sure appreciate you bringing it up, the Bout Business Podcast. Did I Thanks, Dave and Michael. But very quickly, did I see the UFC 273 is coming out to, to Phoenix? Is that because of you, Lou? Did you get that card coming out your way? 274, that's Gaethje and Oliveira. And yes, I put in a request and they respond. Dana White listens. I appreciate you, Lou. As always, again, follow him on Twitter, at GamLou. Come on back. Roll with Michael right here on the Lombardi Line. I'm Vsin V, Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, you can convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining and shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager on BetMGM's app, sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one 800 Gambler. Wrapping things up here on a Lombardi line on a Wednesday with Michael Lombardi. And Michael, I'm so excited to talk about Major League Baseball because they got their ducks in a row. We're going to have a season, everything. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, we're not. They've screwed it up again. And as of right now, we don't know if we're going to get baseball. We have actually futures markets out there already. I look at my Metropolitans at 11 to 1, and Michael, my eyes light up. And I, this is going to be the year. For the Mets, the Dodgers, of course, still the betting favorite, plus 600. Before we get into the how do you bet this now, knowing what we know, what Major League Baseball is doing, what is Major League Baseball doing, Michael? You were an executive in the league. You remember the player strike of 81 and 87. We had those asterisks in the NFL season. Of course, the lockout, I believe, before the 2011 season in the NFL, but at least they had football. Are we walking to the brink of baseball Armageddon, or is it like cockroaches that they, in fact, will never die? Well, I, I think their popularity certainly has dwindled. I mean, they were at one time America's sport, and I don't think that's the case. Their ratings indicate that it's not the case. And, 
you know, they they have a great it's a great game to watch. It's fun. But I think ultimately the, the disconnect between the fans, the owners and the players have been ongoing. And, you know, it's no longer because we live in the age of of 75 channels that, you know, you don't have to watch. When I was growing up, a baseball game came on. I remember remember Howard Cosell did Monday Night Baseball, oh, too. Yeah. Remember, it was the game of the week, and they had great ratings. They put him on because of the ratings. So now that everybody has the local teams in their area, you're getting constant games that pass, you got to deliver a better product. And I think ultimately with, you know, the, the increase in the revenue for the players, they're entitled to it, certainly, because of the increase in the TV deals. So, it, it, you know, I mean, each side has to give up a little bit. I was told uh, by somebody – in the media that loves baseball, that they were very close. They got to 2.30 in the morning and they were extremely close. I don't know if that's true, but to me, it, it, you, you can't continue to disconnect your fans and move further away. I think the beautiful thing about the NFL is, is that there's just been, even though there's been some rough patches between the players and the owners, there has been a kind of cohesiveness in terms of wanting to make sure that things get done. And whether it was Gene Upshaw or Damara Smith now. I mean, there has been good good continuity and good flow. And the players have been really rewarded and the TV deals continue to grow. I mean, wait till we get the TV deal on the on the uh, on the red zone. You know, that's gonna be up for bid. I mean, mm -hmm. now we're watching, you know, Troy Aikman's making seventeen and a half million to go do games for ESPN when we all know the games are what what do, what right. does it. Well, that's the thing. It, it, it's so perplexing to me because I've got good friends that obviously uh, played Major League Baseball that are not now just retired from the game, uh, most of them. And I hear a lot of people banner on social media saying, you know, who's right, who's wrong. But at the end of the day, and I know we can, you can pick a side, and that's great. Nobody truly cares as a fan. They want the games, right? So, like, we talk about the issues that the NFL might have, and they clearly have issues, and everybody wants to throw those arrows at Roger Goodell. But at the end, everybody starts watching the games when they come on. The problem for Major League Baseball, Michael, is I go, you're really going to take away the games, and then people are going to have golf, UFC, uh, you know, college basketball, the NHL, the NBA playoffs, the NFL draft. Like, they will turn, certainly from a gambling community, we'll turn elsewhere to get our fix, so to speak, and baseball will just keep pushing, kicking the can down the road and trying to argue in the quarter of a public opinion of who's right and wrong. Isn't that kind of a yeah. – are they missing the bigger well, picture? Yeah, and they go to the media as if the media is going to spread their story as if it's the one people are going to gravitate to. Well, it's the owner's fault or it's the player's right. fault. Well, the players are making ridiculous amounts of money as well. You know, there was a time, Dave, where we have – you know, we, we talk about – how TV has impacted. And I, and I just finished this chapter for the book, a lot of it about the great Brett Musburger, about his impact on what he was able to do working on the NFL Today show and how that popularity that he created, how he was really helping the underground betting network around the world because there was a ton of it, right? Right. There was a, you know, everybody was betting on games in the 70s, although nobody wanted to talk about it. And Brett <laughs> and Jimmy did a great job of disguising it and working through it. But, you know, before Monday Night Football came on, you know, the people didn't watch sports in primetime. Art Modell literally 
literally the first Monday night game in September 21st, 1970, was in his box. And he was calling the ticket office repeatedly because he was concerned his gate was going to go way down. Wow. He was concerned that because the game was going to be on Monday night football, he was only going to get 35,000 people to come to Cleveland Metro Municipal Stadium. When, in fact, he ended up getting the largest crowd in Browns history at 85,000. And off it went. And during this time, people don't realize that t television was more popular than football. You know, Lucy had a Lucy at one time had a 60 percent uh, rating, a 60, a 60 million rating. I mean, you know, and and Gunsmoke, I yeah. mean, literally CBS turned down the opportunity to do Monday Night Football because they had Gunsmoke. They had Doris Day. They had Lucy. You know, they had Mayberry RFD. They had shows that were raking in money. They weren't going to give it up. ABC, the only reason it's on ABC was because they had no shows. They had no shows. Their ratings were so bad on Monday night, they had no shows. So they had to put Monday Night Football on. I'm old enough to remember Monday Night Baseball and Costell in the booth doing those games. And, and yes, football was starting to make the transition where it became the king that it is today, right? We saw it kind of pass between our eyes in those generations. But, Michael, if you're an executive right now, and I said, all right, Michael Lombardi, I'm going to put you up there in New York City, and I need you to save baseball. What do you do? Because I, I don't. I don't know how to. What do you, I don't know, Dave. I think it's a hard sport to save because you know what 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 made football right? Football was made by television, Brent yes. Howard, Madden. Then we got into Madden EA Sports, right? Then we got into fantasy football and now gambling. I mean, it's the combination of all these things coming together that rises the game up to a level never seen before. But baseball, yeah, everybody plays fantasy baseball, but not to the level of fantasy football. I don't hear people – maybe you do in your circles. I don't hear it. I mean, I, fantasy football, I get a 1,000 questions on that. I get none on baseball, maybe because they, don't, they think I don't know anything about baseball, which is probably true. But the reality of it is, is you know, it, it's, the, it, it's just – it hasn't been able to, to, to walk into that betting market, that fantasy market that we have seen football so dominate. That's why we really can't go a show without talking about the NFL because it is everything that we believe in. Michael, it's a great point. Look, I was, again, show my age. 90s, we used to have baseball drafts with me and my, my buddies growing up. I was in it for decades. I'm not in a baseball I, league I mean, anymore. I got a Stratomatic set, baseball set over here that I haven't gotten rid of. I still I played it every day when I was a kid. But, it, I, I, I mean, I used to run to the – I mean, this is how bad we had no information, right? I would wait on Friday afternoon for the mailman to deliver my sporting news. Mm-hmm. So I could find the players where they were doing in the minor leagues. I don't even think about it anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a shame. And, again, I, I kid, I'll say, hey, look, I'll just move on to the next lover, whether that's, you know, Augusta, March Madness, the USFL even. Well, there are going to be odds on that. We'll take a look at that and try to figure out a way to get on the sharp side there. But, with, you know, but baseball is that scorned lover now. Like, you know, I love baseball. Yeah. But now I'm mad at her. I, and you take away my Mets at 11 to 1 with prospects and getting Max Scherzer and the offseason signings, Michael. And then the prospects, I'm sure we'll have a season. I mean, I'm still optimistic that we will. But I do think this is going to sour even more from generations that have already moved on to football and beyond. I don't know how you get them back, Michael. I don't. And I, I wish I had an answer for, for the commissioner, for, for Manfred and company, of how you make baseball relevant again, not just in a gambling space, but in a, in a popularity sense. 
Well, I think the one thing the NFL owners, all 32 of them, have always said, and you can criticize them all you want, they've always said, for the good of the league, we need to do this. For the good of the league, we need to do this. And I think sometimes in baseball, they leave that sentence out, not for the good of the league. Great point. they got to figure out quickly, uh, rather than later, to turn this thing around to walk away from Armageddon here in 2020, 2022 of a baseball season so we can actually talk about numbers that matter. Hey, Michael, uh, always enjoyed it the last couple days. As always, thank you, David. want to thank Lou Finicaro, uh, Steve Mackinnon for joining us here on the Lombardi Line. That's covered all afternoon long right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.